Welcome to the Gurus, Books, Beards, and Self-Improvement Podcast, co-hosted by Brian and Andy. And this is the quote of the day. No one can become fully aware of the very essence of another human being unless he loves him. That is such an interesting quote. It is. And so we're talking about Viktor Frankl here. He's writing this in his book here that we're reading. And I think that he grasps it. And that is the most, I, I, if you take a look at what love really is, it, it is really a connector. And he really talks about it at length in this one, in this segment of the book. And I think that it is really, it's the thing that binds us. It's the thing that binds us. I think that if you take a look at what makes you, what makes people different than another, you know, the acquaintance that you meet at the gas station versus your mom, <laughs> or your significant other, or maybe your kids, besides the fact that they're maybe your biologically yours. But a good example would be your, you know, somebody that you're dating or your significant other, somebody that, you know, you have a relationship with in that. And if you don't have one, then that's okay too. But somebody that you can say a friendship, even a very close friendship. Love is the thing that connects you. And it also, in, in, in this segment, he also talks about the fact that you're able to see the best in them, even though it's not realized. There's this potential mm-hmm. that they can reach. And truly, though, that, and he talks about this a little bit, which I think is incredible and a, and a very valuable lesson that in order for people to reach their potential, it requires others around them to kind of build them up. Right. You know, there's a lot of naysayers out there. And do you want to be that for someone? Do you want to be contributing to someone not being their best by the things you say or do or don't say or don't do? You know, and we know what it's like to uh, be naysayed. Like I, I've experienced that people saying, "No, you can't do that. That's too big of an uh, an idea," or "You don't have the talent." You know, and it's like, man. And and see, in those situations, there's two things that happen for people. They either are going to prove them wrong. And say, hey, I'm not, I don't care what you have to say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I need to do because this is what makes my life meaningful, is this attempt. And then there's the people that just buckle and say, Oh, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have thought about that. That is too tough for me. And I feel, you know, I do feel a sense of sorrow for somebody who buckles to what their dreams are. Now, sometimes people are not realistic, and that's the one thing that there is a truth to being realistic about it, which is in his book, he's talking about actually a more being more of a realist than anything else. Like, I'm going to bring reality to you. 
that we are all connected, that we're all, that you are part of the world, not the world, you know? And I think that was the, the big pieces that he's pushing here is that, you know, you're a part of it. A significant well, and, and part realistic, of Realistic, you know, this is, this is what's tough. Hmm. Whose place is it to tell someone whether or not the other person's idea or goal is or isn't realistic? Truth. Truth. Is it my place to tell you, Andy, that what you want to accomplish in your life is or isn't achievable or realistic? It's a hard one because you want to be a good, it is because you want to be a good friend if it isn't something that is attainable. But is it my place to tell somebody? Because we say, oh, I'm going to bring the truth. I'm authentic. I'm going to authentically tell you what I think. And then they tell you what they think. But is it always in your best interest or is it just their reality? This is how I believe my truth is. It's their perspective again. And I think that that is, you are not. I, I think that it's a hard, it's a sticky situation because yeah. you don't want to see somebody with no talent, like uh, somebody who can't sing right now to go on to American Idol. And when you're, you're probably not going to win American Idol today, but can you go get lessons? Could you go get, become better than you are today? Yeah, you could yeah. do that. We, we had a discussion about finding meaning in life and it's what you, it's not what uh, life can bring to you, but it's what you can bring to life and that we can find meaning in suffering, that suffering is a part of life. And is it possible that when we tell someone because we love them, because we don't want them to fail, because we don't want them to put themselves out there at a time when maybe in our opinion they aren't ready or they're not good enough are we robbing them of the experience of trying and failing or succeeding but are we robbing them of the experience before it even happens by deterring them from trying if they're gonna fail they're gonna fail and then they can learn from that and failure is one of the best steps to create success in life. You talk to any entrepreneur that's highly successful out there, Elon Musk, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, these, these big names, <laughs> like they have all failed tremendously. And they were all told that they couldn't do it to some degree or another. And sometimes they didn't, sometimes they couldn't. However, that was something that pushed them and helped them. I think being realistic is, is beneficial. But then at the same time, Frankel talks about not being pessimistic, but being activistic. He does. And is it being activistic to allow someone to try, even though the odds are the, in our knowledge and in our view that they will fail? Do we allow no, them to a, try and are we just there to help lift them up? It's not a right or wrong here, but I think that you're more in line with what probably needs to happen. I think I, I was thinking in a very narrow set where as a parent, 
do you allow your kid to run in the street and get hit by a car? No, you'd say you can't, you don't need to experience getting hit by a car to know that it's dangerous and you shouldn't be hit by a car. I think that the question is, is this going to harm them in the attempt that they're making? And I mean, harming them by maybe a physical limitation or mental limitation. When my daughter turned about 21, 2021, my oldest daughter, she, she went to college and said, I'm going to Disney. I'm going to go work for Disney. And we were like, you just got into college. Like first semester, I'm going to go do this Disney internship plan. Every family member, no, no, Sharice, you should not do this. Because she just got into college. So we were thinking, you know, finish school first or finish at least a couple semesters, see if you really like going to school. And she said, no, I, I have this dream to go to Disney. So she went and got applied, got in, and worked at Disney World in Florida for almost a year. Probably the best experience she's ever had in her life. Something that I actually became envious of. I was like, wow, you got to do all this fun stuff at like 20. She got, you know, free passes to Disney whenever she wanted it. Um, she got to work the amusement rides and be part of the part of the show. You know, she worked the weird shifts. She did find out that there is a, that Disney was very disciplined and how they dealt with tardies and things like that. Cause the, she was like about two or three months before she had to leave. And they basically, she called out one too many times and that was it. Come pick up your daughter. Whoa. I mean, it was like, yeah, it was like, you're out. You don't get another, you, if you miss three times and they were very serious and there was like, there was no money to help her go home. There was no ticket to go home. There was nothing. There was just like, you're out on your, you're out. Learning moment. So it was a learning (laughs) moment for her, but it was a very big learning moment that she thank goodness had, she at the time had a boyfriend that was helped her get back. Yeah. It was, it was a little nutty because it was just like, you have to have rule sets because that's the thing that makes it all very universal for everybody. Because they're looking for this universal feel. And if you have people going off script or not showing up on time or you, know, you don't have the well-oiled machine and this person's going to say this thing, anytime that you interact with them, they're going to say this. If you talk to the janitor... Go ahead. That's the funniest thing. So we're at Disneyland with my family, right. but uh, one of one of my aunts collects um, shot glasses, and they go up to uh, one of the the ladies working at one of the shops in Disneyland. That's when I was like uh, a kid, you know. But I remember because that was the funniest thing. So she asked she asked the uh, the lady, uh, "Where are your shot glasses?" And the lady says, "Our toothpick holders." Are this way. It's like toothpick holders. <laughs> They're toothpick holders. And it was like without skipping a beat. It was like, my goodness. I know where we go. We went on a tangent. Yeah, we kind of got off off top. Sorry, listeners. Um, how, <laughs> in order to be as successful as Disney is, I'm sure that they have to run a very tight ship. 
Well, and, and that's the one truth behind things. But go ahead. Yeah, what's the trade-off, right? Oh, it uh, goes into this. It really goes into this whole mindset of... So he goes into this... We'll switch over to his logger therapist, which you've been a therapist, so I don't know if you've used any of this ever. Have you heard of this before? Have you ever read anything like this? Um, You know, there there are so, so many different frameworks and theories and things like that to do therapy like logotherapy logotherapy however you say it it's um it's not necessarily one that i have really studied honestly or or really heard about too much it it has a lot of as i was you know reading through this part of the book there's a lot of similarities to it paradoxical intention Right. He talks a lot about this paradoxical intention and basically it's saying, uh, and this is actually, this is actually a pretty interesting and very significant thing to try if you are struggling with, with, uh, any kind of like uh, agoraphobia or anxiety, you know, having anxiety about having anxiety, you know, all these different things. <laughs> it's the idea that if you are having fear that you have or you know ocd maybe let's let's go with that you have to clean the window 10 times right so as you're cleaning the window 10 times before you can leave the house you actually tell yourself no not just 10 times i have to do it a thousand times right like you just like really get into it or something like that right um and allow like you choose instead of instead of fighting the you know the neurosis or these issues you actually choose to step into it. And now I would call that distress tolerance. And that, that's in a different framework. You know, uh, DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, talks a lot about um, distress tolerance and, and whatnot. And so you have, you have this idea that when there is discomfort, when there is something bothering you, rather than trying to make it go away or to stop, you say, bring it. Like, let's do this. Like, I'm in it. I'm going to, I'm going to suffer. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that's what, so I'm going to relate it to a little philo- Buddhist philosophy. We say, welcome, welcome the pain, welcome the fear into your life and make friends with it. Pema Chodron, Thich Nhat Hanh very much talk about that in their books. If people are looking for references, talk about that all the time, that welcoming the fear you know, and saying, yes, fear, you are there. I'm, I'm acknowledging you and I'm going to make friends with you. And then what it does is it makes the fear not a fear anymore. It's like, hey, I, I'm going to accept you. And then it becomes not so controlling. Because if you just are fearful, it's how do you go from fearful to fearless? And this is by stepping into the fear, acknowledging the fear. And then as he's saying paradoxical, he's saying that it flips the switch. It's, it flips the, the narrative saying, I am, oh, well, this isn't a problem anymore because I'm accepting it. I'm accepting this as part of my life. The minute you do that, the minute you accept it and say, okay, this is, it's there. I'm going to, I'm going to feel anxious. All right. It, and it, it really does dissipate. Right. 
That's the point here is, is that it dissipates because you're no longer letting it control you, which I believe is the problem there is, is that the fear you're allowing it to control you. But when you make, when you take the antidote to it and you say, I'm going to walk into this and be fearless, then I'm going to go, Oh, okay. I can accept it. Same thing with he goes around with suffering. He said, accepting suffering with dignity and elegance, being able to say, hey, yes, I have a reason for my suffering. I think is really great. I think one of his great analogies was his uh, example on his, the man who lost, he was another therapist or a doctor and he had lost his wife. And he said, why, you know, what would have happened if you would have died first? Oh, she would have been a miserable wreck, blah, blah, blah. You know, she would have been, she would have been lost without me. Well, then he says, well, now that you, because she's all you have to do is mourn for her. She would have been lost. You're now saving her that suffering by you being able to mourn for her now. And then he walked out and basically said, never, you know, never to be seen again, turned, but he turned it made, the it made turned sense. This, it did. He was grateful that he was the one to be in his situation to bear the suffering to right bear the suffering to yeah saving her from from that experience so we speak. can we can all take a look at that people with dying with cancer well why is it you know we could always oh why did that person die with cancer well it's because they were able to bear it better than you maybe maybe, maybe. that's maybe that's yeah. the story i don't know you know there's always a to me, there's always that, you know, the, the, I, I think they call it the numinous, the, that outside source, that divinity that is out there, if you really believe in one. Um, and it could be the universe. It could be anything. There's always, to me, there is always something that there's a reason for it. And um, you don't always understand the reasons, but sometimes it get, that type of thing helps uplift knowing that there is a reason for it. And you can bear the suffering because of the reason, whatever that reason is. And that's what he's saying. If you can understand the why, then you can, you can suffer through a how. Yeah. And, th- and that was the main theme of our last podcast episode, you know, so listeners, if you haven't go back and listen to it and then come back to this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yes. So the, the idea, you know, from, from, you know, the, the, standpoint of like a therapist this logotherapy the theory behind it really is it sounds like making making meaning by looking to the future in a way but bringing the future to the present as if it's already happened and this was an interesting thing that that he brought up at least that that was part of it that's kind of my understanding again i haven't studied logotherapy and he's only going into it briefly here there's i mean manuscripts research books like all that stuff right and and i don't know i haven't looked into it some therapies that were really big and and useful in the past or used in the past sometimes after research and 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 decades of being used they end up saying hey actually this kind of therapy isn't the best like let's not do this anymore Right. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with, with logotherapy. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. However, 
I do think it's very interesting that it kind of takes the idea of looking to the future as a, as a way to get through the difficulties now. Right. Being able to say what is in the future for me. I don't may not, I may not know, but I have some ideas, you know, maybe I have a potential, you know, a marriage or a family that I need to get to mm-hmm. potential family. Maybe even, maybe you don't have a family right now, but you could think I may, I have a potential family that maybe that's the reason why I need to go through this is because I need to be there for my future. You know, I talk and about if you're that. like, no way in hell do I want a family. Yeah. <laughs> right. You could be then that person. Yes, there could sure. be something else. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing about this is that it's the all, you know, it, it's geared towards where what's meaningful to you. It goes back to what you're saying. Who am I to decide or define your why? I, I'm I'm not. I'm, everybody's why is going to be different. Everybody's meaning for why they're here is going to be different. And he says that many times in this book. And I, I really definitively believe that. That well, you have to make you have to find that for yourself. Yeah, it, it's you who gets to decide that. We started off right. this episode by by saying, you know, um, love perhaps, yeah, is is. Um, we didn't say this exactly, but it, it is unconditional in the sense that you allow the person to choose what to do with their life and you allow them to be in a situation where they might fail and potentially be harmed emotionally. You know, that's where I was going with the like story. That. Yeah, that's where I was going with the story for with Sharice was that we all very concerned and we were, we were very concerned and yet her determination, her, you know, chutzpah, whatever you call it, um, effort made it clear that this is, was going to be successful her with her. And I can think about times that you can think about times in your life where that's the case, something you decided to turn the switch, turn the narrative to something else, you know, and he says that plenty of times, what's the difference between your depression is that you turn the switch on it. You're able to say, ah, oh, this isn't depressing. This isn't what you think it is. It, I'm not, I'm going to find meaning in this. And he was talking about boredom and he specifically talked about Americans. I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, and how bored we get in empty, you know, where we have empty, we have empty context and empty reasoning. You're like, what am I here for? I don't there's, know. From my understanding, there is a viewpoint from much of the world that, uh, yes, we uh, Americans <laughs> kind of have that quality. <laughs> We're very self-centered compared to, to other countries, um, if you ask them opinions i have heard this by many people and 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 i think sometimes it's the cultural divide when somebody i know somebody who is from another country well i know lots of people from different countries since i lived in england but um it is a very you know they they i can tell you that my teacher was very confused when he first moved to america because he was confused why everybody was trying, why there was such amount of sorrow and depression. And that was something very unlike what they saw in Tibet, where people had a realization of who they were 
And here people don't, you know, and they compare themselves to others all the time to say, Hey, I'm not good enough. And based off because they see, you know, they see the pop star, they see the models, they see, and now it's even more playing with social media. You know, everybody looks beautiful on social media and they think I don't look like that. Those filters Filters are beautiful. They and are. there's there probably are you know there are pretty people I'm, but it all depends on the apprehend it depends on the perspective i've seen people that think that you know depends on what you're thinking i know people that really are into muscle building and they think that that's a way of life and they love the muscle building women and there's other people that don't think that that's appealing to them you know it's yeah. just it's all it's just preference. perspective and preference now, now to get back to you know what we're saying right. here with the, the book, right? Like, so uh, Americans, you know, we uh, we kind of have this pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, you can do this with willpower and effort alone. You can accomplish whatever you want. And I kind of was getting that vibe from from the book a little bit. You know that uh, regardless of what happens in your life, you can do whatever you want, which I don't think is actually accurate, but. I think what I want to point out here is that uh, only you get to decide for yourself. Right. And then also the journey, it's all about journey. You know, the the thing about it is, is that it's about journey. Sometimes you'll find that you're in a space on a road that leads you to places that you would have never thought you needed to be in. And, you know, you will eventually get down and you'll have some fails that will help say, ah, that's not definitely not for me. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. And that's like my, uh, my guitar playing career. I, I play, I play guitar. I love playing guitar. Am I going to be an eighties metal, you know, superstar? Not at 47. <laughs> oh, and, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's not that I know of, but at the same time, it, I'm realistic that maybe that ship has sailed for me. It's okay. And, and to be okay with it is the question is, is the bigger piece here is to be okay with whatever, whatever has happened. I think that he's saying that many times that yes, maybe some suffering is involved that is uncontrolled. That is uncon that you will, you will suffer is, is the rule. It's how you bear it. You need to. Yeah, you do. It's how you bear it. It's how you bear it. And, and that's the more meaningful to life piece that he, that you can gain from this is that it's not that you can't go reach your dreams. It's what happens when your dreams fail and things start suffering and yes. things go wrong. When things go wrong, what can I make out of this? And he's saying, flip the narrative, find your why. You, Realize that, is- that there is great, there is great, joy and suffering there is great and people say he he brought up this there's people that envy your journey because that is what who made what made you you and sometimes the suffering can be something that you can cloud as a as a thing that you've accomplished that you were able to deal with this bear the suffering and move on in a positive light and that nobody can it just didn't think that you that's an accomplishment in itself Right. Well, if you think about it, it really is. It is. You think about how much effort it takes to accomplish, let's say, making a a piece of art, right? Or creating a, a hit record song. 
if you think about that that right that effort that is put into it um, to do these great masterful things and you compare that to the effort and the sacrifice and the energy that it takes to overcome those intense feelings after a divorce after losing a child or losing a loved one be they uh are lost because of death or or because of whatever drug addiction you know whatever it is or you didn't get that job right and you were banking on that whatever it is the amount of effort and the amount of time it takes to move through those things that is an achievement you could come out on the other side and say like wow look at all the work i had to do to learn from that experience to be able to adapt and become a new version of me that is art that is achievement how can it not be so suffering is achievement to move through suffering and come out the other end even if there's scars and scrapes and there will be scars and scrapes yeah there will be scars and scrapes and i think you're absolutely right i think it is incredible i think those are the things that we talk about is humans what's what is meaningful is your journey it's unique it's wonderful it's beautiful and i think that this book in my opinion has helped me try to achieve that level of understanding of what it is to be human. You know, we, we're now um, finished with this book. It is uh, the end of January. If you're following along the, you know, the five page rule or, you know, doing the following on audible, we, we hope that you have finished the book by now. And that you thoroughly enjoyed it and that you learned some kind of valuable lesson that you can, you can uh, put into your life and, and look back on. And hopefully this podcast has helped clarify some things for you or, or maybe gave you some new ideas. I, for one, have really enjoyed this book the logotherapy part near the end and, and, and whatnot, <laughs> you know, it, it does get a little bit more college wordy <laughs> and a little bit more boring in that regard. But the, the message is, is there, right? That um, every person has a reason to live. And if you are struggling with finding that reason, that is okay. That is part of the journey step into that he talks he actually talks about ways to figure out the meaning you know and and one of those he talked about like experiences if you are struggling with finding meaning purposefully put yourself into situations that you've not been in i'm not saying put yourself in harm's way i'm saying put yourself into a a club like this book club right that we're doing Maybe go out to eat at a new restaurant. Maybe try cooking a new recipe, listening to new music. Go on a vacation near or far to somewhere that 
you've never really considered as being something you'd want to do. Do it for the experience. Push your limits. Get outside your, your comfort zone. And maybe you'll find your calling. You don't know what you don't know. So you need to go out there and expose yourself to all these different things to try and figure it out. That's one method. I like that method. That's, that is one good method. I think that you can even with your mind, take that into a place of what is my meaning? Um, and he, he uses this as an example of mom tried to kill herself. She had two kids, her, her younger 11 year old, 10 year old son died. They don't really explain why I don't think. But he died and she had an older son who was had a huge disability. And I guess the kid that had disability helped prevent her suicide. Like she was trying to do it, but he prevented it. And then she was able to through therapy, she, she came into therapy. And his thought processing is, and this is something that you can use as maybe that, you know, that jotting down what he says, you are now what age? And she, he goes, well, I'm, you know, this age, but she says, no, imagine if you were 80, what would you have said as an 80 year old? And I think that that was a perfect example of an 80 year old who had had everything she ever wanted, a rich, a rich life, money, whenever she wanted, what would have that life been like? And so theoretically she goes through, well, I would have been this. And, and then she realized that she would have missed out on the experience of the kids because she would have never been married. She would have had all the money. She would have never really cared. But then she realized the things that she missed out on were the things that are now, oh, she had that aha moment of uh, that's why I'm here. And you can think about things like that. You can put yourself into those little those little thoughts, processes, those what would it, what will be like if I do get this piece? What if I do get this job? What will my, oh, if I only got this job, well, what if you do get this job? What's your life going to be like? Well, you know, I get all the money and then you realize that the things that you, but you have to work really hard all the time for that money. Your stress level goes up because of that money. There's so many factors that we think in our head that if I only got this, but then we don't think about all the, yeah, but did you think about all the new stressors that you're introducing? The grass is always greener on the other side, right? And then you get them, you're like, oh, it's kind of dry and dying like it was over there. <laughs> yeah, that's I always <laughs> maybe it maybe it has a cool new hose, but it's not hooked up. <laughs> yeah, it's not hooked up. That's that's exactly it. I always say it's just different. Yeah. The grass is just different on the other side. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And you will have a different experience on that other side. It's like buying a new house. You know, you buy a new house and there's going to be, so we buy, we bought a brand new house, gated community. It's a nice house. We planned out everything that was going to happen. We, we will get this house and we can put things over here and we planned and planned and we could have a, a table for this. And then we realized very quickly that Oh, they have a really strict HOA rule that will fine you. And then all suddenly it became, oh yeah, but they didn't do a really good job of doing this. The lights are, the electricity and the lights are inadequate and little things that you go, oh. And again, it's just yeah. a different scenario. The grass is what we thought was going to be greater. It turned out to be 
just different version of the same. So how do you how do you um you know take what Victor's talking about? You know, this logotherapy of like looking to the future, finding why like the importance of meaning making for the future. Right. right. So that whatever it is that you're going through now is worthwhile. Even if it doesn't feel like it is in the moment, perhaps down the road it will be. Uh, however, um, you bring up that, I mean, we're talking about a very valid point here that like you set your expectations and that something is going to be better, something's going to be great, and then you get there and it's not. I mean, he mentioned earlier in the book about this man who his reason for staying alive and working through all of the challenges of being a prisoner in a concentration camp was so that he could go back to his house and be welcomed in by his by his wife and his family and loved ones and that it'd be this great homecoming and he envisioned it he he visual you know dreamed about it and then the day came he arrives back home and finds that everything he had dreamed of, everything he had visualized didn't come true. He was alone. Everyone had died. And now he, everything that he was living for was gone. His expectations, you know, all his eggs were in that basket and it didn't happen. And then he all of a sudden felt like there was no reason to live. And, and I'm not sure if he took his own life or if he just, his own health just kind of went downhill and he, and he soon thereafter died or, or, or didn't live the life that he potentially could have, right? There's that potential again. And this, this brings to mind the, 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 uh, the concept that I mentioned earlier, of, you know, the idea that you can pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you can do things by yourself. It's not true that, that you can do that. The, the, and I will say, I'll proudly say it, you can hate me if you want to, that the uh, American culture around that really is unhealthy. It does create unrealistic expectations. And when a person does not meet those expectations, the suffering that is there is more than it needs to be. Right. And then there's can... the naysayers that make it worse. Yeah. Instead of supporting the person, they bring them down more. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. My sister lived in Hollywood. Hollywood has two or three things that people, why they move there. Two or big, two or three main things. So you want to be an aspiring actor, aspiring musician, or you want to support one of those two. <laughs> you know, you want to be part of the dream. I have, I'm going to make a dream. Nashville is the same way. One of these, you know, wherever you say the, the dream is, this is the dream. And they have just as many people leaving LA with the same <laughs> as they do coming between in their legs. Yeah. You're right. Because it's a hard life. It's a hard industry. That's where you have to balance. I think that there's a balance of reality Yes, when he got there and he realized that his family, well, there, now there's a new narrative that you have to create. This is me without my family. What now is my life going to be? And that's the question. You, you can always ask yourself the same thing. And the other thing is, is don't put yourself into traffic. 
you know, he also mentions that if, if you can avoid suffering, then do that. You, your life is not more meaningful because you bared all suffering. You know, it, yeah. you're, that's really not the, the story here is that, well, I bear going the to suffering. suffer regardless. You don't he need says to if you have out. somebody, if you know that you can avoid that suffering, you're not, you're just, you're not very smart. If that's the case, if you can avoid the suffering, like you just because you got hit in traffic does not mean oh, I suffered. I got hit by a car and I had to experience what it was like to be hit by a car. No, you don't, you don't need to be hit by a car. You need to be just smart and realize and that's where realistic goals like the smart goals that we're talking about um come into play in that same yeah. in that same place where i they are these smart goals which is specific their time that there's things that you can set to them that will be realistic and that's the reason why the smart goals exist because otherwise then they're pie in the sky goals that doesn't mean that they can't be achieved but see how you can get to that step and maybe that's the more realistic way of dealing with it so that you don't deal with the this horrible letdown from not getting the job you know we would all like to be successful at if you really like to be a musician we're musicians so i played guitar for a very long time I had at one point in my life, somebody tell me, Andy, if you really, I was going to be taught by, I don't know if you knew who Dokken was. Um, they were a heavy metal band back in the eighties. Um, and I lived down the street from the guitarist, George Lynch. He hooked me up with a phone number to get taught by his guitar teacher. And his guitar teacher said this, I only accept students that are very serious and really want to make it. And it means a lot of effort and a lot of things that you need to be doing. You need to be practicing this amount of days, six hours a day. And what I realized, and my, my mom was a vocal person. So she was a chorus teacher, but she had decided she didn't want to be, she was a jazz musician and she didn't want to go to Vegas and end up where in smoky room, she wanted to have a family, things like that. So she decided just to teach chorus. She kind of did it, did it dream her, you know, her, her stardom wasn't there. Now she's just a chorus teacher. She settled on this realistically and said, this is something that's more realistic to me. These are things I can accept. And that was the same thing. I said, you know, I'm okay with just playing guitar on my couch. I don't have to be the next slash to be successful. And those are the things that when you start looking at them, maybe those are the things that will help you kind of, these are more realistic for me. I had friends that went out and on their own, did the whole band thing. They went to California and they slept on a lot of floors most the stories that they don't tell about the, the surviving musicians, there's a whole lot of sleeping on floors, sleeping in, you know, getting baths in, in uh, gas stations. <laughs> there's a whole yeah. lot of those. There's a lot more of those stories than there are successful stories. There, well, and, and, and wouldn't those be success stories in and of themselves though? that's what he's saying is that you yeah. learned you learned and that's the whole thing is all my friends that were i had a friend that had 
I guess he hit the top 40 with a band in the eighties. And he was now he had become a supervisor at, in an IT. And he was just like, he talked about it. He had some great memories and those were what he could carry with him. And that's exactly what that one gentleman was talking about is, is that the, these are things to be envied. The suffering that I had to deal with of not being the most successful band in the, in the eighties was okay. I got amazing stories. I had an amazing life. And I think that even if like with Frank or Frankel, you can say, what was the meaning for his life? Well, he went through you know, one out of 28 people died in the concentration camps. One in 28. I mean, that's, that's, you would never take that as a bet in Vegas. And he was able to make his, he got out of it and he made his life meaningful by writing it and helping out therapy that we have today. Now it may have now been, you know, I've never heard of it. So there's probably a reason for it. Like maybe it was, but it doesn't mean that it didn't, wasn't a step in the right direction for modern therapy. And that's the one thing that I've always realized that, that sometimes you have to take these steps for it to be negated later down the road. Like if that theory would have never come out, if Freud never would have come out with his theories, we would have never made some modern steps in psychology right. that we have, even though we've kind of outruled, you know, we've kind of said that some of his stuff is way off that it's not all based on that, but, <laughs> yeah. but it was the fact that we were able to have that thought process that said, he came up with this thought. What do I think about it? And that's what makes your life meaningful. And that's what makes your legacy there. I think it's also about legacy. What do you leave when you die? You know, when you, my legacy is, is that I've was, you know, hopefully you have whatever it is. It's, it's for me, it's, being an excellent parent and I helped my fellow man, you know, maybe reach some more peace and calm in their life. And, you know, I, I have friends that tell me, thank you, but I still, you know, it's just like, I'm just teaching old stuff. <laughs> I'm just here to be a vessel to <laughs> yeah. teach, you know, other people's teachings most of the time and try to spin it a new way. And I think that is a great legacy to leave behind. You know, I, I think that, if you were to use the smart goal approach with your guitar skills and you were to sit down, even though um, you're, you're maybe not the average age of the, the musicians in Nashville or, uh, or LA, <laughs> maybe you could get famous, right? Maybe you could right now. I think that that could be realistic if you follow the smart goals. However, is that what you want, right? Is that what gives you meaning? And so listeners, please think about this. You know, last time um, we, we talked about what is your why, that we don't want to mask it. We don't want you to should it. I do think that uh, sometimes we pursue worthwhile goals because we are masking or because we are shooting. And then it doesn't work out the way we had hoped. Even if we were successful in it, we get there and we're like, oh, I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. Embrace that. Enjoy that. That is a good lesson learned. It is not time wasted. I think anything a person chooses to do or not to do or whatever has a role to play and, and step into that. 
there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be struggles and suffering. And, and, you know, if you really choose to live your life in a way that is meaningful to you, then you will be successful. There will be failures, but that does equal success. Well said, well said. So smart goals, how are you doing? I'm, I actually did better this week. You know, that's why you, you, you don't give up. These are, these are goals. I think the last, was it three times I don't know, or two times <laughs> I, uh, I had a negative report of not doing so hot, but I, I am doing better, you know, and I had actually earlier this week when, um, you know, again, it's not my goal to lose weight, but, uh, I had lost five pounds. Oh goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So not bad since the beginning of the year, you yeah. know, just passive, uh, losing weight from eating more veggies and, and uh, I did start walking a little bit more. You know, that's kind of been my main source of exercise lately. Oh, good for you. That's awesome. That is How good. That's you? that's really, you know, I have taken the left turn at Albuquerque and I started, actually, I started my, um, you know, still doing the podcast here, which is positive social media for me. I, I, I really enjoyed this immensely. I, I don't I can't tell you how wonderful this has been for me. What a great experience. But however, I kind of took a step on back on the bearded stuff. I didn't do, I did like a post or something this week, but what I did do was I started working on my other social media project, which is I'm working on the, we went up North and I photographically and video with through video um, did our trip you know, I didn't make it to where it was like not fun to be around. I wasn't Mr. Hey, wait, wait, I'm going to stage it all. <laughs> I took <laughs> pictures when it was, when it was necessary, like, Hey, we took pictures of our food and then we'll talk about the restaurant that we ate at that may or may not have given me uh, food poisoning. <laughs> we are not quite sure, but uh, I know that I felt sick immediately after getting back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh no but um then we but we did get a chance to play in the snow and i did i so i started that project and to me you know i i really went fell back onto what we were talking about last week which was what are my what's my why's for doing this and it was interesting because i'm still looking at that like I look at my, I guess my thought was, is I look at my empty, my empty DMs <laughs> that I get. Most of the time I get, uh, Brian, we talk about our podcast. Uh, maybe we talk about a couple new stuff that's coming up for you. And maybe another company may reach out every once in a while. So it's, it's just amazing to me. So I'm trying to still kind of like, what is it really about these? Is there, is there real relationships or is this really like, this is really business and they're just, you know, you're going to develop one or two friendships and you're okay. And maybe that's exactly what this really is. A social media, you're, you're blessed if you get one or two relationships out of a social media that are really powerful. And then just what is, is the business of doing reviews or doing podcasts and doing, you know, YouTube channels is that the doing is you will get some benefit by 
creating these content and doing successful things. And I think that's where I need to put my energy is remembering that videography is the passion behind it and remembering those pieces. The relationships and the self-care also come in there. But what I realized is that the one or two relationships I'm perfectly happy with. You know, I'm, I'm, I view that as success to go out into the social media world, find two or three people that, you know, one to two, three people that you really have a connection with and you didn't have them before. That's kind of successful for me. I didn't have to have, you know, a million likes, a million subscribers to get to that point. And that was really, to me, I've drawn upon that as something that was a good lesson this and realizing that, yeah, I, I may not be the blow. I may not be the Dan C, which is the, if anybody knows the bearded community, I'm not the Dan C, but it's, but being okay in it and accepting it and saying that it's okay. And re- realizing that I can still have fun and I can yeah. still be creative and I can still, you know, the definition of success, which is what I was thinking it was, it was, is not the definition that it really is for me, which is that, which is a journey in itself to find that the definition was different than what I thought it was. I thought the definition was if I have all these people who like me, I got affiliates and I got money coming in and I'm making money off of my YouTube journey and all this and realizing that none of that literally has happened in almost two years (laughs) And I've spent more money on video equipment and I bought a new lens this week. It just, but I have so much fun doing it. And in my heart, then I'm successful. You know, it's all defined in how I felt, how I really found and have said, Hey, this is really the checkbox for it. Not this checkbox, but it's really important to always refactor that. Just like what you were saying. You know, there's going to be some refactoring in these smart goals that you go, oh, well, I thought that that was the definition of success and it changed and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you don't and have to completely okay. start over on these things, right? It's Sometimes. just little adjustments here and there to make it more true for who you are and what you really want at your core. Well, sometimes you're, you're, you found that, you know, really something, I don't know about the vegetable eating, that's pretty... Maybe the vegetable eating wasn't as big a thing as you thought. Maybe it was more of the mindset of being able to go for walks and spend time with your family while you were doing that. And eating healthy might've been more of, Hey, I'm choosing to live healthier and my family is enjoying this new I'm walking with them thing. Isn't that the funny thing? That's there's, I always like rejoice in the side effects sometimes that actually then become the meaning. Yeah. Well, I think that, so I know we, we moved on from the book section and we're talking about the smart yeah. goal stuff. I'll say this and then I'll be done. That ties, <laughs> okay. It ties in perfectly into something that he was talking about that you can't force certain things. What you force is what you actually like lose, right? Or like if you don't want to be anxious and you do everything you can not to be anxious, you will get anxious. Uh, he, he brought that up very distinctly. And I thought you're absolutely right. The forced, your forced goals. If and he was talking about sleep being one of them, I, I want to sleep better. I, I'm, or I want to be better in this area and then trying to force mm-hmm. it into, and it's like square peg round hole, just 
not gonna yeah. happen not well, gonna it's, happen it's, um, let it it's flow. on page <laughs> yeah let it flow it's on page 122 he says forced intention makes impossible what one forcibly wishes so you yes. can't force it no again and i would say you can't shoot it well, it's like relationships. For I know people that my intention is to have this relationship with this person, um, and it's somebody who I know is going through a divorce. So, <laughs> I will say this: that you can want that to happen. I wish that she would stay with me or he, and you really want that. You force it to happen, and you want to force it into being. This I, I'm going to force it into being, and it isn't meant to be and you don't get the result you want because if they don't want to be there and you're forcing it to happen then it's not really meant to happen and that intention is not going to help you if you just letting it flow if that person's supposed to be in your life then they'll be there because you are whatever you are you bring to the table They'll see that. And if they don't see that, then it is time to move on. I told them in the, in the, in the way I told them, I said, you know, I, I'm not saying that you're not supposed to be with this person. But what I am saying is that you need to focus on yourself and your own self-care. And then if that person on their journeys gets self-care and sees that you're the right person for them at a different point, then, then great. But if you try to force it now, you're not healthy. And you've, and you, he, the person I'm talking about mentioned, well, I, I need to get some therapy. You're right, you do. And maybe you find that after you get the therapy that what you thought you wanted really wasn't what you needed. It isn't really where you're at anymore. It's just like the journey of these smart goals. Sometimes you figure out that I find that all the time. Readjust, flow, always flow. Don't be strict, you know, make these goals, but also have some flexibility into them and having new realizations and new experiences with them. <laughs> that is an F word I like, flexibility, right? Let's be <laughs> flexible. So we are, we are done with this book, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. The next book that we are going to be reading is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It is a phenomenal book. I look forward to reading it and then having um, more insights and hearing from you what uh, what you think of it, Andy, and then also hearing from you, our listeners, what, what, um, what insights you're getting. So please, again, reach out to us, gurus.podcast1 at gmail.com. It's uh, gurus.podcast on, on Instagram. And um, please, uh, yeah, please go purchase that book and uh, join, join us next time as we start reading it. I don't have for you what number of pages we need to be reading, but I would say a good rule of thumb is typically five to 10 pages a day for Very most good. books. So with that, uh, thank you for listening to Guru's books, beards, and self-improvement. Beard Beard on. on. (laughs) I said it first. Stay bearded. (laughs) Or if you don't have a beard, that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're not so strict on that rule.
Thank you.